the Full 90 Soccer Time podcast, our sometimes look at the Seattle Sounders FC, other soccer people who aren't doing well, and super uninteresting dad life commentary, plus an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty, MLS. We are your host from mornings on 107.7 The End. I'm Gregor, and he used to work for the Sounders. Now he doesn't. He's sexy skankin' Brandon from Spokandon. Uh, yeah, skankin' now. Yeah, I love skankin'. it. skankin'. Get it, buddy. Um, hey, so hey. speaking of, uh, well, first of all, I would absolutely take some of that foreign royalty cash right now. Uh, these uh, these Seattle Sounders sure could use it. Um, no, I want it for me. I don't even. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah Sounders. Yeah. I just want my own foreign royalty money. Yeah, I would take that. Now I, that's like a. I mean, do you see uh, the? Uh, I'm I'm a kit nerd. Uh, hashtag kit nerd. Not you yeah. know. There's like sneakerheads and, and hashtag yeah. kit nerd. Now look um, at my closet. It's crazy. It's it's un- like I bought a. I bought the Orlando Pride. I oh, yeah. one of their jerseys while I was there because it was like Space Coast theme, and so it has like little stars all over. It's awesome, oh, cool. man. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. No. So I uh, did you see? Speaking of foreign royalty, did you see the um, uh, Denmark? Uh, what they're doing for their World Cup kits? Dude, it is so dope. It's Tell everyone. Awesome. Though. Yeah. So uh, obviously the World Cup being held in Qatar, and there's all of this um, six thousand migrant worker deaths in the building yeah, of the stadiums. Yeah, like literal, like modern day slavery uh, is happening there, and uh, people are like, and, and obviously the the uh, maybe not quite so obviously if you're not following it super closely, but like FIFA was every official in FIFA was bribed to the teeth, uh, to the teats in order to get this world cup played in there. Like, I mean, it's not, it's being played in the winter. Why? Not because COVID screwed things up, but because it's just way, it's like hot. It's way too hot to play there in the summer. You're talking about like 120 degrees. And Uh, the sand spiders are just a nuisance. Gosh. And then Timothy Chalamet is riding the worms all over the place. And it's just really (laughs) difficult to deal with that. Or to concentrate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Atreides. Uh, Anyway, the, um, uh, Hey, hey Brandon, guess what? What? Haven't seen it. Uh, well, have you read the book? <laughs> I've read the first uh, half of it, and then right. I got bored. Yeah, fair enough, um, dude. It, I haven't. I honestly haven't read all of it. Um, go on the Wikipedia and just look at the plot summary because yeah. it does not go where I thought it was going to go. Um, oh, Dune's been out for a really long time, so I don't yeah. mind spoiling it. But like, basically, well, no, don't spoil for me. Actually, actually, okay. I would prefer it if you didn't, because I am trying to get through it, and I know that's weak and everything. But like, no, I think it'll you. still be interesting. Go, like, literally, go spoil it. On, I know you're not a spoiler guy, but like, go look at the Wikipedia because it gets bananas, like way wilder than I thought. Wilder okay. than uh, human slavery happening in Qatar. <laughs> no, not wilder than that. That's terrible. So, but Denmark. Um, uh, their their kits are being made by Hummels, uh, which is a German company, I believe, right? Yeah. Um, and they're like, so the U.S. uses Nike, and it turned out terrible. A lot of, uh, I think they're supplying something like thirty of the kits for uh, World Cup teams this year. Uh, Adidas has a few, Hummel, Puma, all that. Um, now Hummel straight up like said, uh, we don't want to be at all associated or visible with a event that is going to be known for in in history one yeah. of the worst slavery like uh it's like that event is what it's going to be exactly like, like, like yeah. looking back in history at world cups this is going to be a stain on uh fifa and um i mean just on all of the people who who participated in putting this thing on the uh so what what uh, hummel came out and did is that the denmark kits the home away and even a third kit it's red white and black um all are completely uh uh monotone so like 
the Hummel iconic, like the thing with Hummel is like their iconic thing is these chevrons on the sleeves. Um, the, you know, Adidas has the three stripes, Nike has the swoosh. Yeah. Hummel has these uh, chevrons on their sleeves. Those are all red uh, to similar with the, sorry, my kid is in the back because he's super excited about this. Um, Hummel, it, it, so their chevrons are red, their, their logo is red, and um, the the Denmark crest is also a flat red, where typically it would be white to stand out. They just said, look, we don't want any of our iconography to be at all associated with this event. I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, it's rad. It, it, even if it's like, some people speculated it's a marketing move because they look so badass, and I'm like, I mean, it can just, badass things can look cool. Like, that's like... Those things can be at the same time. It doesn't have to yeah. be exclusively one way or the other. It doesn't have to say, like, F- Qatar on yeah. the front of it in order for it to, like, send a message. And then, like, also, how many people would buy that, you yeah. know, like, just, yeah. just for the sake of p- making a statement. And so yeah. uh, the black on black on black looks so dope, but especially cool next to the red on red on red. It's It was – I saw that and I was like, I want 10. I want 10 of them. Yeah. I'll probably buy one because it's, like, yeah. it's such a cool statement. And, like – Oh, also watch the World Cup. Yeah. And like it's a challenging thing because our our lives are so pitted in ways like this where you're like, well, I it's it's such a spectacle. It's a it's a once in so infrequent and it like the equilibrium between teams is like really crazy because you're not these people don't play together all the time and so uh, someone can squeak in and have a great performance if they get it right. And it's just like the opportunity for great stories on a world level happens. And yeah. some of these players live their whole lives to try and have national glory like that. Because yeah. the club level is where you make your money. And this is where you get the honor, right? Yeah. But then you dishonor the whole thing by like hosting it in this place. What are all the players not supposed to play? And then is that country's national team get defunded because they don't show up or they're not considered and like yeah how how do you what protest is, this effectively like we, yeah what's the solution in most situations uh you could be like look we're just gonna uh we're going to sit out this tournament we don't believe in it we don't like you know if it was a friendly tournament or something like that but like yeah some of out. these players this is their one opportunity where they are in the age especially in like other you know the u.s aside where there isn't a big enough pool where it's only like your one shot when you're in your mid twenties, you know, mid to late twenties. Like some of these players, like this is their opportunity. Uh, And especially think about some of these players from uh, smaller countries where it's like, Hey, like we talk about new who during the African cup of nations who got so much global exposure because he was defending against people like Sadio Mane and uh, Mo Salah and like all of these other people like that. The World Cup is an even even larger opportunity for some of these players from, you know, your Colombia's, your Ecuador's, like maybe they play in more domestic Wales. league. Wales. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about this Gareth Bale guy? Um, <laughs> oh, I love Wales, dude. Imagine if Wales played in the World Cup. Uh, I thought that exact thing today when I was like reading about this, I was like, ah, oh, if only... Only Brandon could have actual whales playing, yeah, a little yeah. kit on and everything. Yeah, a little human tattoo on their little flippers and <laughs> <laughs> on their neck. <laughs> <laughs> little Raúl Ruiz Diaz. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I uh, and then well, I also think about like um, think about these. Hey, of- if we learn to talk to whales, can we ask them if they want a tattoo? Because it would be dope if there was like 
You know, we were on our other show, Nerd Talk Plus. We were talking about how there's um, how there's soon coming a AI that might be able to decipher what the whales are saying. And so, if it gets to that, and we start to understand each other, like let's give it six or seven months, and then let's start pressing for tattoos. <laughs> well, that makes me like I don't I have tattoos. I I wonder I don't know anything about like how tattoos work. Like how deep into your epidermis, like your skin, do you have to go in order to actually get the tattoo to? So it's a needle, stick? and then it's yeah. a no. <laughs> I, well, I know that. I know these things. <laughs> but like, but like, I mean, you know how how much blubber uh, whales have. Like, do you just have to have like a, a yeah. oil rig, <laughs> like drilling Don't. into the blubber on these things in order to get the the ink to stick? Uh, th- th- this is it. I'm gonna go and get the blubber part of my body tattooed, and we're gonna see how it goes. Okay, yeah. maybe we'll just ask someone rather than getting an actual tattoo. Yeah. Maybe I'll just ask a tattoo. If you're a tattoo artist, does it take more? Does it take a oil rig full of <laughs> uh, full of ink to tattoo blubber? Can they just use know. oil? I mean, we're already putting that in all of their bodies uh, oh, in the sea, dude. right? Yeah, perfect. Just direct inject. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, suck it, whales. What if the foreign, like, what if the foreign royalty that we could get to invest in in the Seattle Sounders? Like, you think about like Newcastle United, which became one of the richest, if not the richest club in the, the sea world. The Sea Legion of Whales, right? <laughs> yeah. What if it was the king of the humpback tribe? <laughs> I bring you this ambergris. For- <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet! We can get that new striker. <laughs> you turn that into perfumes desired by the other foreign royalties, and now you will join us. Why, man? Why are the whales holding on to all of their ambergris? Well, the exchange rate right now is really poor. Yeah. The whale economy's in the tank. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, buy a Denmark kit. They look dope, yeah. and the U.S. ones are terrible. And the U.S. Yeah. team is terrible, yeah. and. I didn't realize that they'd only won one in their last seven matches, and they scored zero goals in the this latest set of friendlies, and they were just, just, just awful. Well, I mean, so like everybody, you obviously can't fire a, a coach months before the World Cup is supposed to start, right? Uh, Why not? <laughs> I've, well, so Greg uh, Berhalter is the Sub head dog. coach. Yeah. And I, well, I was wondering if they fired their top Greg, um, yeah. they're going to need to find a new Greg before the World Cup. Would you, like, knowing that you've talked about getting your badges in the past, like you're, you're yeah. just because it'd be funny to actually be, to know what you're talking about when we're doing this yeah. stupid podcast. Um the the question though that I have is without your badges right now, like you would obviously any of us, if we were like, hey, you're gonna coach the team, you're gonna make the decisions for the World Cup, go up there right now and do yeah. it, like in December. Um, would you take that? Like, say there's no money behind it, there was no incentive other than to be able to say that you were the head Greg uh, well, of the I have to U.S. Get, soccer team. I have to get paid. I'm not going to do it for no, free. No, no, okay? no. Yeah, that's the point, though. Is this, It's just like the, uh, would you do it? I would I would, I would, would take it. I would go for it. I'm, but the problem is I'm not Greg. I have the same amount of experience coaching at the national level as Greg Bearhalter did when he started. Fair. Okay? Yeah. And if they said yes, or if they said, Greg, you're it. You're the, we're, go, we're tagging in Greg for Greg. I got to tell you, Brandon. I'd 100% do it because, oh, my God, that would be so funny to just be yelling on the sidelines about stuff that I don't understand at all. Just I, I think it would be amazing. The problem the problem is, is that I'm second in line behind Greg Graffin of the band Bad Religion. So 
assistant yeah. Greg, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, Greg Adger. Uh, that guy's pissed too. Greg that guy's Adger. all about freedom, and he and he understands like the he's like the the OG punk rock, and we're gonna go into Qatar. Man, he would bring it. Well, oh, so you know how um, like early on in tournaments, Greg Graffin for for manager, U.S. Men's National Team. I'm, I'm here for it. You know how like uh, like early on in the U.S. Open Cup or you know minor tournaments in in England and things like that. Um, yeah. That teams will play their reserves for the entire sure. match, like you, they'll be, or like when Mexico, like when like Club America comes and plays a friendly in the U.S., so all of a sudden some midfielder or defender will come on and they'll be like number four hundred and twenty, and you're like, that's hilarious. Like, why do they have three? Quick, get our get our sixty nine out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get them warmed up. <laughs> Ladero, change jerseys. <laughs> that, the, the training top is sixty nine. They switch it to four twenty. Uh, the question though is um like maybe that would you know how uh, uh we talk about denmark the way that they're you know quote protesting this uh tournament what if that's how the u.s protested the tournament is that they just sent like regular people uh like hey this guy's a realtor he's our midfielder <laughs> today <laughs> like like and the entire starting 11 the entire 26 man roster that was sent was just like people pluck like it was like serving jury duty (laughs) like they just like picked out of a random like the the database that the united states has there's nothing that patriotic almost nothing that patriotic people love more than the american jail system yeah send prisoners i'm saying we send prisoners to qatar to earn their freedom yeah they could win their freedom This is so dark. Yeah, he murdered 17, but he murdered on the pitch. Let me tell you. Also, that one guy's dead now because yeah. he, he got shivved in the neck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ob- obviously, like, the rules would have to change a little bit. Um, yeah, he'd have to allow shivs. No, but, like, but what like, if it was, like, serving – what if it was, like, serving jur- – like, uh, um, like, this was your – it was, like, the – the second amendment it was the it's r- your civic duty it's your civic duty what is to uh when the time comes and the united states is going to play a, a international friendly against saudi arabia you might get called up well it's like other countries that have mandatory uh military exactly service. yeah what if this was mandatory civic service like we'll let you out of jury duty for life but you got to be in the uh, in the you have to defend messi yeah <laughs> You get to be in that 18 that we name for the friendly this weekend against <laughs> Honestly, Argentina. I like uh, look all of these all of these US matches at the World Cup are going to be at like 2 in the morning or something like that oh, uh, to be able to watch live. Uh, I think I think that's how time works. Um like I would probably be more keen not on whale time. <laughs> I would be more keen to tune in if it was like yeah, Steve from accounting is <laughs> is playing striker today. Pretty weird that one of the front office people from the U- from U.S. soccer was called in. What a coincidence! Oh, yeah. Greg Berhalter. Okay, the Nancy, manager get out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm in, man. I say that we go for it and that we let Ray, just. I, I let's have the civil servant World Cup. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's better than the, uh, uh, the 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 modern day slavery World Cup that we're going to get. Yeah, that's like. Does any part of you think, like, I shouldn't watch it, let's drive the ratings down, let's ruin this for people, or is it, like, because I'm, I'm going to watch, it, and I don't I, know. Uh, 
I don't know how to justify that necessarily, but like normally, and pardon, I don't want to talk smack specifically about different companies because I'm affiliated with them through my work or whatever. Mm -hmm. But like normally, we're mad because they use public resources to build a stadium in the middle of a rainforest, and then they slap logos all over it to be like, yeah, and then they change the liquor laws to be able to bring a beer along or whatever. And usually, that's the stuff we're mad about, where we're like, ah, this is outrageous that we're so commercialize that we're so into capitalism this one is just like human rights hey, it's just straight up go human, steal yeah. all those people bring them here tell them that we're going to make a better life for their family or whatever force them to build this thing when one person dies building a stadium in the u.s it stops production to yeah. some degree or whatever yeah. but six thousand, whatever because we're never returning you anyway it's just gonna so be like just the, go for- it's gonna be like the catacombs uh in in france where it's just like all of the you just literally have bones that are being yeah. used in the mortar for the walls like that's like they are part of the structure of the dang thing and like literally that's like part of the foundation for these stadiums is going to have i guarantee people in them you, you know what's gonna happen is gluey is gonna resurrect them all yeah. Rise! <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh people are gonna be like man this thing was built on the back of migrant workers you're gonna be like yeah literally <laughs> I mean, uh. it's. I mean, it's messed up. I'm not condoning. Like, I mean, no, I, of course, think, it's a think, problem. Think about like uh, if you're a supporter of something like. Uh, I mean, you could say Manchester City. You could say Newcastle United. All of these the, that are like all of these fans of Newcastle United yeah. who are like so excited that there's bit, that, like they can actually afford good players. Like Newcastle might be a good team moving forward. All of these fans who have just wanted that after years under you know ownership that they just despise. But like there has to be this conflict. Like. I was thinking about as a Sounders fan how fortunate we were to have somebody like so civically engaged like Adrian Hanauer um, who cares deeply for the city and like to have a, a manager like Brian Schmetzer yeah. who seems like a genuinely good dude. Like we don't have to have these conflicting feelings of uh, of how we feel about the Seattle Sounders because we can genuinely support these people who we hope are doing a good job and seem to be like not problematic. You look down south at the Timbers who have, uh, you know, ownership that is covering up you know sexual assault and like battery by by their players and it's and like then digging in on it like yeah. and you're like i want to support my team because i'm in it for the soccer i'm in it for the club and the players and like the excitement in the, in the city and the community but like ugh, i can't and like take that to the next level which is like okay but now i'm like helping sports wash a regime that is known for slavery and known for like terrible human rights abuses and all of these things it's like yeah it's hard because it's like i want to watch the world cup but you feel for these players like you see the iranian team uh that they stood for their national anthem and their most recent friendly and with everything that's going on there against um against women uh they all uh zipped up their jerseys during the or sorry zipped up their jackets during the anthem covering the the colors all the players covered the colors uh yeah. of of their nation and covered the flag of their nation and it's like um, and, and that's not a democracy currently. Last I checked, it's no. the, like they like those people have families, and like you're taking a stand, knowing that you're putting your own life and the people you love at risk doing that. It's the the bravery demonstrated is yeah. um, is wild, it's crazy it's, uh, that a bunch of like uh, like construction workers and realtors from the United States are going to go up against those guys in the World Cup this year <laughs> in the group. <laughs> uh, I have I run into these dilemmas, these ethical dilemmas, a lot because I watch Formula One, and it's twofold. One is that like 
the giant oil companies that sponsor everything. And like, that's how our world works. You can't avoid it. Even if you have an electric car, the power still comes from somewhere, you know, and it's likely not the sun yet. Um, and then so it's like these giant oil companies doing that. And then like suddenly there's a Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. And then I don't know much about the royal family of uh, of like uh, Dubai and these places, but there's these other races. But there's one, the Bahrain GP, like there's like bloody clashes between police and citizens the week leading up to the Grand Prix. And they just kind of like don't point the cameras towards the city, like no flyovers because, you know, that's not so good over here. But look how great our racetrack is. And I'm like. Somebody crash into Max already, and that's like what I'm in it for. But by participating, I'm allowing these people to get away with the injustices that they have. And it's a there's no there's not a right answer to this other than don't participate. That's the if you're if you're mad about the human rights, which we all should be, and you want to do something, don't participate. You have to turn yeah. it off. You can't you can't consume it in any way, and that's all you can do. Um, like that's directly within your control. You could speak up about it. You can like you know rally against it and stuff. But literally, you take away their ratings and their power, and they won't be able to monetize it. And then that be- that takes away the power of the of the event. Well, and it doesn't un- get the lives back though. Well, and as I say, unfortunately, the only thing that it it really affects is how you feel about it. Because unless you're able to somehow organize like you know the yeah. the hundreds of millions of people who are going to tune in to watch the world cup this year uh the only way that you know that unless you're going to organize all those people to illegally stream it or not watch it all which like it's not it's 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 the biggest sporting event in the world and um and the other the, by tuning out by you tuning out it's like it's like yeah you can cut yourself some slack <laughs> like if you watch it this year because guess what you're one measly viewing in Seattle or wherever you might be is not going yeah. to be the thing that like puts Qatar, you know, the Qatari Federation over the edge, right? Where they're like, oh, that, now we can afford that sixth mansion anything, that we have. You think anything crazy will happen? Like, do you think that there'll be like a team that leads some sort of protest or a federation or people or like, I wonder like what, I, we don't actually need to answer this, I don't sure. think, but like it's just I hadn't really considered what the dude. I'm I'm most worried about like honestly all of the all of the uh, human rights things that are happening like politically and geopolitically in the background yeah. all matter very much. Do I think that they're going to make a difference to the actual um, tournament? No. What I think is going to make a difference to the actual tournament is that even in December it's still effing hot, like the (laughs) hottest there. And I'm worried about the fact that like player safety is going to be an issue and like fan safety more, more importantly, not more importantly than the players, but like, uh, when equally importantly, equally how about important, that? and you're dealing with like thousands, tens of thousands of fans uh, who are hoping to have tens of thousands of other fans to like blow the cold air on them. They have to like, uh, air condition all of these insanely massive stadiums. Think about like are they indoor? Uh, they are like partially indoor. Um, I I don't exactly know how it's going to work, but like my my concern is like you think about all of these. Uh, I I my biggest worry is that there's going to be a tragedy, and it's going to be like all of the people who died making the stadium. Yes, uh, awful. What about like now all of these fans are going to attend and start suffering from heat stroke and all of these issues, right? Like now, I just it's gonna be terrible. let me stop you though. I just googled and weatherspark.com says that the average high temperature for November decreases by 10 degrees Fahrenheit from 89 to 79 degrees, 
rarely falling before 74 or below 74 or exceeding 94. So it's going to be hot, but not like you're going to die hot unless it's, you know, rare <laughs> weather patterns that we've seen all summer long here or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. at least at least that I'm I'm worried about the political stuff that happens. I want to see yeah. this is I was thinking about it like how hard would it be to get everyone in on it in the first round. This is you know, I'm just wishful thinking or whatever. Like if everyone in the first game if the whistle blows and no one did anything for 10 minutes, everyone just sat down and nothing happened and for 10 minutes the world was looking at a protest of what was going on at this, and he did it for every match in the fir- in the group stage or mm-hmm. something like that, where all of these advertisers that are paying all this money to be part of it, and all the eyeballs that tune in, and everyone would get all mad, and you know there would be so many snowflake comments, not in Qatar, but um, but if everyone just didn't play for six sixty minutes for the six thousand people, or six minutes for the six thousand people that died, and every match we had to watch that and be like. Damn. There's like some way that you can make a statement about it and have it work, but coordinating it might be challenging to say the least. And it's <laughs> it's like uh the the teams in the groups that are like least likely to go through use that first six minutes to just score as many goals as they can against the, the team that's like willing to protest. <laughs> the goal differential is like they have like ninety one <laughs> plus ninety one from the first match where in ten minutes they yeah. did that. Like, yeah. so. The difficult thing is talking about how Seattle Sounders FC tied. They came up with a draw instead of a win against FC Cincinnati, and that all but puts an end to the playoff hopes for Seattle. Is it official that Seattle is eliminated from the playoffs? No. I mean, they they have to win out um, in order to remain in contention, and then they have to hope. Like, there's three different scenarios involving LA Galaxy, Minnesota United, and Real Salt Lake, I believe, who are the three teams directly ahead of them. Mm -hmm. Um, Either the Sounders would need to win out and LA Galaxy would need to lose out their last two games, or um, they would need to win out and Minnesota would need to drop one of their two games. There's like a few different scenarios, but like at the end of the day, there was a, a few weeks ago, we were listening to Garth Lagerwey talk on the broadcast about how they're not even trying to think about all the scenarios. They're just trying to control what they can control. Yeah. Um, and what, like one of those things is just, you have to win your games. Like you have to, you just have to pick up the points that you have the ability to pick up. Minnesota on 45 points. Um, Portland on 46 LA on 46 Sounders in ninth though. The problem is there's a real salt lake in between them and the, and the playoff positions. So you need, you're down five points to Minnesota, and you're down three points to Salt Lake. So you need two teams to lose their remaining two games each, and you have to win both of them if you're in Seattle's place. Yeah, that is. I mean, not right right now, do you of. do you count on the Sounders to win their two remaining games? Oh, um, by no means. Like yeah. playing at Sporting away. I mean, they're this weekend? they're playing two teams that have been not great this year. Yeah, Sporting's in 12th, but aren't they like kind of turning it on right now? Isn't there a little bit of not turning it on? Turning like, something on. Yeah, never, never mind. That was something we talked about before, and I'm not going to bring it back up. And then, yeah, Jan Jose is always like the foe you don't want to face. Uh, last time we podcast, it was about how we worry about uh, – my big point was that – I worry about them playing to the level of the opposition. And what did they do? They went into Vancouver and stunk it up. 
because Vancouver, not a great team, not a good showing from Seattle. And that was kind of the beginning of the end. Meanwhile, you know, we would have liked to have seen a better performance against Cincinnati, who currently stand in fifth in the East. And so that, like a draw is nice or whatever, but we you wanted to see them respond a little bit stronger than that. So my fear of, of the team playing down and not taking points was realized, and then the challenge of playing to the same height as somebody else was not. So. Yeah. It's not great, man. It's um, though we don't know for sure what it's gonna look like. It doesn't seem like it's gonna look good. Then you compound things with a raw Rui Diaz injury, six minutes into playing with his national team that they're not going to the World Cup, so there was no point in having him there. It was Seattle asked for an exemption for him? They refused. Part of me when I read that and like. I don't think people are really like this, but maybe some are. Part of me was like, I hope that he ran out there for five minutes and then fell down and was like, oh, no, I have oh, to go no. home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sucks. And then he'll come back and be like, oh, well, we have magic spray in America, and that's why I can now play again. There's a part <laughs> as of me long that- as it wasn't a hamstring injury, we're good. <laughs> they should try silly string for that. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's – Look, the Sounders can control what they can control. They can't control uh, the fact that like they had a bunch of players called up to international duty. They can't control the fact that like Raul Ruiz Diaz, um, who has been on the fringe of Peru, and he can't afford to refuse a call up to yeah. his national team if he wants to continue to be called up to his national team. Uh, and and then you can't control things like losing players like Jao Paulo. I mean, like we've seen the play, we've seen the Sounders play poorly before like we've seen them have bad stretches before i don't think we've ever seen and i mean it's it, obviously it's unprecedented we're talking about the sounders losing their first play like they're uh not making it into the playoffs for the first time in what 13 years in the the first time in 13 years in 10 years <laughs> is this have they gone 13 times or, or they've four- gone 13 times this would be the 14th straight and if they do not make it which it's looking likely that they won't uh this would be their first time missing it it's so since they're since they joined um since they joined MLS that's so 10 years ago in 2009 yeah <laughs> um the team has qualified for the MLS Cup playoffs in each of its 12 seasons okay. so this would have been unlucky 13 that I thought it was 13 that they had made it and yeah. maybe that just hasn't been updated or whatever but whatever it is um that's we'll see I don't want to I I had a question to ask about the players and what it's going to be like for them. But I'm going to save that till next time because I want to see with some hope left, maybe we can ask it next time and then we'll pick up from there. What is important though, we can speculate all day about this and you made this excellent uh, point earlier is that if Seattle doesn't make the playoffs, we got two star tattoos for the team winning two MLS cups what should we get tattooed for the Sounders not making the playoffs? <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, we you know we never talked about. Um, I feel like we should realistically we should uh, get tattoos for the fact that they did win the Cup of Concacaf Cup. Uh, the fact that hell yeah, the fact that we've never done that is um is terrible. Can we get like a little silhouette of the cup? Is that like it, the cup is such? A, it looks like just it looks like two people backing their butts up to each other. Yeah, can we get our butts? <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely, yes. Um, 
it no i so but like that so a we we need to do that let's talk about that um but yeah what do you get like we have to memorialize uh that first of all uh the sounders once again setting setting a precedent for being the first team in mls history to make the uh playoffs 13 times before missing the playoffs. so we have to memorialize it somehow i'm trying to find the what the concacaf Oh, it's just like a boring old cup, right? It, no, I think it looks like a ball. It looks like a ball. The trophy looks like a ball, like a regular ball that's been split in half, uh, hemi hemisected, if you will. Yeah. And then taking the bottom half and just put it on the top half, so it looks like that's the that's the Super Liga uh, MLS combination cup, did right? We, did we win that one? No, no, Mexico, <laughs> whatever, whatever, a Mexican team won that one. Right? Uh, Mexico won that. No? Uh, so I'm trying to Google right now. What is the uh, the CONCACAF Champions League trophy? But yeah. I typed in Cup of CONCACAF Cup and it did not return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the trophy is just a, it's just like a, it looks oh, like a vase. Oh, no, it looks like freaking um, Sauron what yeah it looks like it looks like the eye of sauron um the all the well i think the newer trophy that has all the little diamond pointy things at the top of it it does look i mean like the silhouette of the cup is yes just a regular cup but it does have all of like the diamond diamond pointy things which is what makes me think of uh the eye of sauron oh man i wish it was the eye of sauron that'd be way cool dude let's just get the eye of sauron yeah perfect that's great i'm in uh if we could get a silhouette of this, I would totally get this tattooed. I would add it onto my list of things. I'm about to go get another one, right? Like I have a consultation tomorrow, so. Uh, but I would be totally down. We could meet in Eastern Washington, so like we could meet in uh, Ellensburg. Dude, I'm going to be in Ellensburg on Saturday. What? Oh man, this sounds awesome. <laughs> oh, I would totally do that. Can I? Am I available on Saturday? Because oh, that I, I awesome. will be in Ellensburg, but I will be on my bike. For most of the day, uh, starting at like six in the morning. So why don't you just put the bike on one of those things where you could ride it stationary, okay? And we'll get some tattoos, and yeah, then you okay. keep going. <laughs> um, yeah, I, he'll beat up his ball bag on his bike seat, but he won't get a tattoo. <laughs> Maybe I'll get that tattooed on my balls. I don't know, um, dude. Uh, I'm not getting. I like you, but I'm not getting the Concacaf cup <laughs> tattooed on my nuts. Okay, that's not. Uh, but seriously, though, if you were going to get like, uh, oh, are we not being serious right now? <laughs> If you're going to get a tattoo for missing the playoffs, I, I mean, you talk. I liked your idea of just crossing out one of the stars. <laughs> Back now, we don't know, we don't know we that don't one do anymore. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. Just getting a, a hot garbage tattoo uh, right next to the two stars. Just a torn ACL. Yeah, <laughs> a, a sad Joe Paulo. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's um I don't know if someone can help us out, please. You can find us on the social medias at full90podcast.com. There's a we have our link tree there, so you can hit us up. But our only uh, at Hey Gregor at yeah. Brandon MG Brandon MG. Um, just let us know like what would be or full ninety podcast on Twitter. Yeah. Um, let us know what would be the appropriate tattoo to get for missing. Just like a, I would say a teardrop, but people are gonna think we're murderers. Oh, so yeah, it's dude. like <laughs> we murdered our chances of making the postseason. You know what yeah. I was thinking about. Um, is that uh, my son, who was yeah. born on Christmas Day last year? Yeah, dope neck tattoos already. Only going to know. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's he already has the teardrop tattoos uh, as well. Uh, he's only going to murder have murdered his mom's boobs. He's <laughs> 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 only going to have lived in a world where the Mariners have made the playoffs and the Sounders have not. <laughs> 
let's not get too let's not get too ahead of ourselves there, Brandon. <laughs> Neither of those things has happened, okay? And True. As a long suffering Mariners fan, you know anything is possible. Anything. I mean, they are doing their best to not make that happen right now. <laughs> yeah, I um I want to know what would be good for it, and we can. I I want to hear what people think. I got a couple more things I want to talk about. Yeah, I was yeah. watching the match. Uh, against FCC, and on comes Christian rolled on back way earlier than anyone expected him to be, and he immediately changed the game. He, the caliber of play that he brings and the hustle that he brings, it's like he's a more complete Ozzy Alonso. He brings more heart to the team. He plays defense just as hard as Alonso does, but he's involved in everything. He's making runs. He's making passes. He's tracking back. He's getting forward. You see him everywhere. And immediately I was like, oh, my God, we have missed – this is why the run of games has been so poor. We've missed this tremendously. And so I tweeted something to the effect of, like, I love Nico Ladero, but I think that Christian Roldan is the heart of Seattle Sounders FC. So I'm curious to have your take, and anyone else can participate at Full90 uh, Podcast on Twitter. More important to Seattle Sounders, Nico Ladero or Christian Roldan? And I mean in the year 2022. Yeah. I think it's, uh, as of right now, it's Christian Roldan. Uh, and I would say as of maybe even the last couple of years, the way that he's grown into his own. Because Nico Ladero is one of the best players. I think this isn't even a hot take. One of the best players in MLS's history. Sure. Uh, the way that he plays, the consistency that he's had over the Just last Just not an MLS years. Cup. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, the fact that he is uh, able to deliver what he delivers on a consistent basis. However, if the team is playing poorly, Nico Ladero isn't a player that can put the team on his back, uh, yeah. a la Christian Roldan, Roldan and... and and carry the team and change the entire uh, uh, game. I think like like Sounders have uh, Sounders have certain players on their team and have historically have had certain players on their team that with the energy that they bring, they might not even be the most skilled player. Usually they're pretty good, but with the energy that they bring to the to the game. Uh, they can change the way the spirit of the of the team that's playing, and so you have players that can get stuck in to things. Like Kellen Rowe is a good example of a player yeah. who can like get angry and get fired up, but it doesn't fire up the people around him. It's kind of like people are like, okay, oh. Kel, I I think like you have, but then you have players like Ozzy Alonso, Brad Evans. Um, and Christian Roldan, who when they get stuck in, like they lift and challenge the teammates around them. Sometimes literally like they will go to a a teammate around them and say, Hey, you got to do better. You need to like, you know, and like they set the tone, they set the example where, um, you need to have a little bit of that skill. Not saying that Kellen Rowe isn't a skilled player. But when you see a player like Christian Roldan playing his heart out and playing as well as he does, uh, or a player like Ozzy Alonso, or even a player like Brad Evans back in the day, um, then you you you're, they're setting a tone, they're setting an example of how this team should be playing. I think the Sounders just missing that fight uh, over yeah. the last the last stretch. And as much as I love Nico Ladero as a leader, as a captain of the team. Um, at, he is more of a sufferer of another team's fight as opposed to the person who's going to fight for the Seattle Sounders. Yeah, if you can figure out how to shut down Ladero, he can't. Off, he doesn't oftentimes figure out how to be play useful. around you. Yeah, 
Yeah, and Roldan always does. I actually, um, I think Nuhu is a person who, like, when he gets fired up and he's, like, mad because someone missed something. Like, I've seen Nuhu yell at Ariaga and, and Yamar so much for getting things wrong. And he's fired up, and then it increases his intensity, and he'll make a big play that'll start something else happening. I don't think he necessarily is, like, dragging the people around him into playing more spirited, but he'll create something through his... He's like pure dark side. He's like yeah. Sith, Sith Lord Darth Nuhu yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. It's and like Will Bruin, not that guy. Will like he. I like Will Bruin tremendously, but when I see that he's going to be playing, it doesn't spark any kind of like, oh, we're going for it. Yeah. It's always like a, oh well, okay, maybe he'll do some nice hold up today or whatever. There, there's something the same with Jordan about- Morris. I see Jordan's playing and he's so great and we saw him burn one guy a couple games ago where you're like, why don't you do that every single game? You're mm-hmm. so fast and so good, but he doesn't bring a lot of as um Greg Berhalter would say, he doesn't bring a lot of personality, personality to the yeah. Yeah. I, but- I mean there's it's almost like um it's like you want every defender to be a Chad Marshall, but you need a Roman Torres, right? Yeah. Like you, you need the the dad. You need the guy who's cool, calm, and collected. But then you need Roman Torres to say like, "We're getting freaky up in here," and like we need to bring some quote personality to to this team. Like we need to bring the spirit. We need to bring the energy. And I'm not saying Chad Marshall is incapable of that. But you see those two paired with each other, like you can't have two Roman Torres is playing side by side because who's going to play defense if you do that? Um, also the also the sinkhole that opens up is tremendous. <laughs> thick boy, he's a thick boy. <laughs> he is, um, and it's the same reason that like if your midfield is two Aussie Alonzos, could you uh, imagine a Torres to Torres attacking center back goal? <laughs> Like, where's Torres going? Oh, my God, he's Pat. What's the other Torres doing? Torres to Torres. <laughs> It'd be incredible. <laughs> I I don't know. I think, I think like, uh, like Christian Roldan is, like, what I love about him is that he has the spirit. He has the energy. He, like, changes the dynamic. Like Nico Ladero, he is literally everywhere on the field when he wants to be. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the problem is, is... You know, like now that he's got rid of his groin, uh, maybe he'll be able to smart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> got to keep the hamstring, sacrifice his groin. Um, <laughs> I've gotten rid of my groin too, but just in a different, yeah. just a different way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Huh. I got a tattoo on my groin. Um, yeah, did you? No, I should though. Hey, were you getting tattooed when you were at that tattoo shop with your kid the other day, or was that like an event? It was. Uh, I was going to get a tattoo, but I was a little like, eh, I'm not gonna. But that's uh, the the guy who owns that tattoo shop is the guy who does my tattoos and they were having an anniversary party. And, okay. So uh, I was like, how do you have a baby at a tattoo shop? Yeah. That is highly, I know it's Spokane, yeah, but we it's... were, we were on the one side of the, of the, the doors in the tattoo shop. So we couldn't yeah. like, you know, so I think it was still technically legal uh, for okay. us to be in there. Um, but also that's where my baby got all his tattoos. So yeah, perfect. obviously yeah. that eyeball tattoo on his eyelid is real weird though. Yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than the uh, I love boobs tattoo that he got across his chest. Yeah. It's weird that your wife's boobs are tattooed on your boy's chest. I think that's really... Well, I, mean, I, think, but, I, think, I think it's sweet. Oh, a tribute. <laughs> Those chewed on nips, it's weird. 
Kansas City welcomes Seattle on Saturday? No, Sunday at 2 p.m., and that's going to be a tough matchup. Take a look into your crystal Pepsi ball and tell me what you see, Mr. Brandon. Oh, man. I see um, I will be on my bicycle still. Uh, but I see the Sounders. Man, they gotta they gotta squeak something out. They have to. Uh, one nil. Uh, Kellen Rowe won't be playing because he got a red card. Mm. Uh, one nil. Freddie Montero. I he's I love that that Freddie Montero goal. We didn't even talk about it. That goal against. We didn't even talk about how I met him. Oh man. Oh dude, that goal. He you spurred him on to that goal. You You're welcome. Take, remember how we? You remember how we said we? If we podcast more, the Sounders win. If you yeah. meet, if you meet Freddie Montero and rub your personality on him, yeah, it leads to a Freddie Montero goal. I'll tell a quick Freddie Montero anecdote. I'm going to say that the Sounders are going to win two one on the road. I'm never the optimist about the the scores unless I'm over the like eleven eleven nothing. Yeah. Um, but when I met Freddie Montero, it was for an event for work. We were at a. What it's an extra mile a Chevron gas station, and he and the nicest player on the Seattle Sounders FC, Stephen Cleveland, came out. Um, could that kid could not be more handsome in person? It like, seems like a buddy cop film that I want to see is Stephen Cleveland and Freddie Montero. Well, let me tell you, they play the roles perfectly. Freddie, so disappointed to be doing anything ever. It's like he looks like he is so bummed to be there, and then as soon as someone walks up, he like lights up and he's like, Hey, what's your name? Oh, good to meet you. And he talks and he signed, they signed everything and they're so cool. And like, it just couldn't be a, a nicer event. But then as soon as people walk away, he just goes back to like, uh-huh. he just powers down. Shuts like, down. Yeah. Must save energy for goals <laughs> for <laughs> my coffee. Gosh, <laughs> and so, um, yeah, so it was, it was, you know, I, and if you, you know me, Brandon, I, I, I don't, I leave everyone alone. I just don't want any, these guys are there doing a job and they clearly are like, if they want to talk, they'll get up and talk. And if they don't, then that's fine. Right. So at the end, I'm like, Hey, can I get a photo with you guys real quick? And they're like, absolutely. And we stood up and you can look at my Instagram to see the photo at Hey Gregor. And they're nice enough. They put their arms around me and Freddie caught the field. Put, he puts his oh, arm okay. on my back and he pushes in. Oh, it's he did, so, he didn't, he didn't hover hand you. Or even just like you know, just put hand on back or whatever. There's like a firm grip, like not a grip, but a press. Yeah. It's like a press, like he's like like he's waiting for a corner kick, and he's gonna push me out of the way and jump over me and head it in. Is what it felt like. Yeah. I didn't realize that until right now. Yeah. And so yeah, he like just gave me just that gentle but firm. I'm here. Press. It's affection. And, it's like and it's- I was like. No. <laughs> and I afterwards, I was like, Freddie, with the firm grip on my back, you know what you're doing, don't you? And he goes, oh, okay, man. And then he, like, leaves or whatever. <laughs> it was – um, he they were really cool, and they were super nice, specifically that Stefan Cleveland. If ever Stefan Fry retires, I hope that we retain that kid because he was – everyone talked – when they everyone left – the all the corporate people were there and they were all like that kid is so handsome and i was like hey all right good kid right and they're like yeah yeah he looks so young though how old is he we were like googling and laughing and all this you know he's, he's just driving he, older than he looks actually yeah he's 28 he looks yeah. like he's no more than 22 years old yeah. or whatever but i hope that he's learned everything he can from old gd and he's gonna take over for um uh stefan fry one of these days when fry decides to retire all right well um in case uh this podcast was just too long and you didn't listen. It's too long, didn't listen. Too long, didn't listen. 
Uh, I'm the new starting manager for the U.S. Men's National. Excuse me. I'm the new assistant to the starting manager for the uh, U.S. Men's National Team. Assistant to the starting Gregager, actually. <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. Too long didn't listen. Uh, too long didn't listen. I am very excited for the gluey skeleton uprising in Qatar this year. <laughs> please, please let that happen. <laughs> Uh, dude, uh, you know the Seattle Kraken are getting a. Uh, they've been teasing out the fact that they're going to get a mascot um, for for the Kraken. They haven't had one. The Sounders have Sammy. Uh, the Mariners have the Moose. The NBA yeah. had Squatch. Um, or the NBA, the Sonics had Squatch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's, the the mascot in Sacramento, I learned, is called Slamson, and that's the best name. Yeah. It's like such a good name. That anyway. is very good. Uh, so, what if they just got like a. Like a, a octopus skeleton, like a. <laughs> I got bad news. <laughs> Dang. They don't. They don't have that, dude. I know. I, you ever seen that picture? I saved a. Uh, I saved an octopus off the beach, but it was already dead. But my wife thought it was still alive, so she made me carry it back to the water. <laughs> Definitely didn't have a skeleton. <laughs> Just a limp dick octopus. <laughs> it's a flaccid octopus. <laughs>